Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 3 o'clock on Dukes and Bell. I find it interesting. Thanks for making us your sports station. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Oh, it's Dukes and Bell. Hope you're having a great day. I know it's yucky outside, man. It's rain. Uh, hopefully it'll clear up. It's going to. I think we got showers coming in later tonight and all that, Mike. But then ah. we can look good. Man, listen, we're going to get back to golf weather here soon. Yeah. And by the way, remember New Year's Day? It was like 75 degrees. And I put on Twitter. I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Who needs the winter? And these guys, oh, no, I love the show. You take your change of season. Stick it up your. <laughs> I, want, I need some sun. I want some warm weather. I want to wear shorts and not look like an idiot. Let's go. Let's get it on, brother. It's, it's coming, You man. guys are stealing Bo's segment, by the way. This is the weather <laughs> segment. So Bo cannot use this to start Yeah Man No Man in 40 minutes. <laughs> That's cold, Chris. I just forgot about that. Yeah, Bo is back today. Uh, so we'll, we'll get a weather update coming up here. There's no yes. doubt. Now, it's not a forecast. It's just the current conditions. It's just current conditions. He will say, my guess is. It's too. like a live looking on the tower from your local weather TV break. <laughs> he will say, guys, it's cloudy outside. Uh, but we're going to talk more about what's going on around the NFL coming up in our NFL Blitz. Also, um, good friend of the show, and if you're an Atlanta United fan, you guys know Greg Garza. Uh, Greg moved on to Cincinnati after he left here, but he was one of our faves, man. And when Atlanta United started, Mike and I would frequently, uh, you know, obviously COVID in the last few years right. has been weird. So, you know, you got to put this in its, in its proper perspective. But when we used to go out to the training grounds, and Greg would always come on the show and, and Parky and all those guys, and, you know, those guys helped us win that first championship. So Greg Garza is going to come on the show, and you're saying, really? Yeah, because he's doing something really cool that we want to tell you about. We always tell these guys, you know, mm-hmm. when it's about outreach and giving right. back to the community, we're all in. Uh, I love it. And so, you know, for Greg, he is doing something called Beyond Goals Mentoring, and we're going to let him explain to you guys what that's all about. And we'll also get his thoughts, Mike, on what's going on in soccer. Man, the U.S. Right. men's national team last night, great win. Right. Great win. Yeah, we'll ask Parky about what he thinks, uh, you know, how this team's going to rebound with some of the moves and obviously some moving pieces with, uh, obviously, Barco going down to South America and losing George Bello to Germany. So it's going to be a different-looking uh, five stripes this year. All right, that's coming your way in about 20 minutes. Find us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Mike and I were just talking about this, and I want to bring this to you guys because it is true. I know there are a lot of emotions when you start talking about the factor of race and, and hiring coaches and all of this stuff and, and where it you know where it should be and where it is. But Mike and I were talking about one text or tweet that we got right. from one of our listeners who was saying, you know, uh, trying to put in context that over 102 years of the NFL, there's been basically one black coach hired for every 5.6 years. And Mike kind of looked at me and goes, <laughs> Okay, we gotta kind of we kind of gotta put this in perspective because yeah, I mean, the bro. reality is no black coaches are gonna get hired in the 30s or the 40s. <laughs> yes, okay? I mean, it wasn't like George Hallis was gonna call a press conference at Wrigley Field to introduce his new black coach that wasn't in 1937. I mean, happening. and again, I'm making light of what is obviously a very serious situation, but it's that's always what happens and where we are today. The context, the civil rights. I mean, like I don't have to remind black people of the history of America, but the Civil Rights Act wasn't passed until 1964, and the NFL didn't even begin to consider black coaches until the 80s. 80s, you know, right. if at all. 
So, I mean, I understand. And Art Shell, obviously, if you don't cross that line. Yeah, with the Raiders. And, and so, yeah, but we get it. I understand what you're but saying. But you got to use the right context yeah. if you're going to go down this road. Because it's not in the entirety of history because those opportunities were not there. I mean, for Jackie the... Robinson didn't cross the color barrier in baseball until 1947. Yeah, right. and, and so I, I get it. But this... And we're moving it forward. But, again, the NFL is dragging their feet. Again, we're not trying to rehash all the Brian Flores stuff because now, is, again, we're kind of – we, we spent a day and a half on it. Now we're waiting to see what's going to be the new pieces of information, what's going to change, what's coming out there. If you missed our conversation with uh, Amy Dash, that was some great stuff, right? That was uh, yesterday. It was. Legal yeah. analyst Amy Dash. I'll tell you what's new with Brian Flores. Let's get to an NFL blitz. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the NFL. With news and notes from around the league, this is NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell. So tell me what you think when I say this. If Brian Flores gets a job, is it because now it seems as though the pressures of the NFL have forced him to maybe get a job? Mm. Or is it because Brian Flores is really a hell of a coach and deserves an opportunity? You're going to have some people who say if he ends up getting a job, he only got it because this <laughs> became public and now right. the NFL felt obligated. I'm going to tell you guys that I think he's a really good head coach and he is a finalist for the Texans job. Now, he may get that job, Mike. They right. have a lot of problems. And I'm going to tell you guys, it's the worst job available, okay? I know they're only 32. Right. Quarterback issues, cap issues, well, the ownership, talent issues. The ownership issue is the biggest one, though, well, in the front office. You throw all that in, yeah. okay? And, and I'm telling you, it's the worst job available right now. Doesn't mean you say no, because it can turn around and things can change. We know that. But he is a finalist for that job. Mike, I just find it interesting that if he gets it, some people will say, well, he only got the job because... I don't believe that. I think he is a qualified candidate who should be considered. I am more interested in seeing – I actually think teams are going to say no thank you because they don't want to have to deal with him being their head coach and then this looming in the background. But apparently that's not the case with the Texans. Well, I mean, that's just it. I mean, you know, if you're a new coach who just got hired in the NFL, you better have some African-American coaches on your staff, some would argue too, right? I mean, to your point. Yes. Otherwise, the perception and the Fritz Pollard Alliance and the folks out there that have been pointing you know, the fingers at is a major issue, people are going to continue to say, where, you know, how are you ever going to get a black head coach if you can't get a black offensive coordinator out there? And again, Eric Bieniemy on everybody's list last year, and now I don't think he's even remotely considered for any job. I think he had a way of the interview with the uh, the Saints last week. That's about it. It's Dukes and Bell. It's our NFL Blitz brought to you by our friends at Priority Men's Medical Centers. Check them out at PriorityMensMedical.com. Mike, mm. Jim was in an interview for nine hours. What was John thinking while Jim was being interviewed? He's one of the very best coaches in the National Football League, maybe even ever, in college football, and I think he's the best. So if the Minnesota Vikings are smart enough to get that done, then they'll, they'll, they'll be making a wise choice. But they did! <laughs> They didn't do it. Why didn't they do it, Mike? Why did they not hire this guy? Because apparently the Twin Cities, Carl, were not big enough for Jim Harbaugh's ego. <laughs> the guy's got a, I mean, like, the guy's got a great sense of self-worth. Apparently not bloviated about yourself for nine and a half hours. You think they realized, you think there was, like, texting on people's phones while he was talking? You know how long we've been in here? Uh, you know, maybe this is a bad idea. Maybe we just take a page out of the Bengals book and we get an assistant from Sean McVay because uh, look what happened in Cincinnati. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. Jim Harbaugh is a strange guy. I mean, he, he, he's one of those people who is he's a megalomaniac who does believe his own nonsense. Can you explain megalomaniac? <laughs> well, we worked with a few, but I mean, Carl, <laughs> in a nutshell, is big, big, big ego. And I think everything that Jim Harbaugh does, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't it feel like it's done for effect? Like it's there's a degree of it's, uh, you know, it's been contrived. You mean he interviewed just because? He just interviewed to get his ego stroked, and now Michigan, love me. Yes.
Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Give me that ten percent back. I took off. <laughs> took off the top yes. last year. Yeah. I don't know. I I I I know. I'll be curious to see. He's got a good recruiting class. He does. All these rumors about him going to the NFL did not affect recruiting by any stretch. He's got a top uh, fifteen class, top ten, right, Squid? Yeah, everybody so, was making a big deal of that yesterday, So too. maybe the worm has turned, and Michigan will be able to compete with Ohio State every year as opposed to Ohio State owning them for a decade. You know, And yes. if that's the case, then Jim, maybe Jim Harbaugh made the right decision. I thought what you just saw last year is about as good as it gets for the Wolverines. Next year, that game's in the big house, though. Not the big house, I'm sorry. It's big in, horseshoe. Uh, yeah, the horseshoe uh, at, at Ohio State. Scenery always matters. That game's so picturesque. This year with the snow right. and, and the setting and, and then, you know, the momentum for Michigan. It was perfect. But next year, it's it's down the road in Ohio. So we'll see. But, yeah, he is back. And, by the way, the new Vikes coach, we talked about this earlier, Kevin O'Connell, if you believe in the Zach Taylor. I mean, mm-hmm. we've joked around about Belichick with the exception of Saban. The coaching tree is a mixed bag. But maybe uh, Sean McVay, the way they're approaching things with the Rams or whatever, you know, if you could bottle what Zach Taylor did, that's what you're looking for. So that's why this guy got the job. Well, I just think that the – and here's what's funny about McVay because it's really Shanahan. Right. You go back to the Washington football team, Bo, Commanders, and go look at their staff. Shanahan tree, right? Shanahan, LaFleur, Sean McVay, they're all on that staff. And then you start venturing out, and now you're seeing these guys have their own opportunities around the league. Either way, we'll see how Kevin O'Connell does as the new head coach of the Vikings. By the way, I think that's the best job mm. because they're talented. They have a quarterback that can get you to the playoffs. I know some of you are not sold on Kirk Cousins. Right. They got a good front office. They've got a good ownership group. That's a good job. You uh, you may have to move on from Dalvin Cook, though. It's kind of like Saquon Barkley. They say they're committed to him, but Cook, I love the guy, but does he, can he stay healthy for you? Can they, they, give you yeah. 16 games. The other thing, and John Elway, it's funny, Carl and I were joking during the commercial break. It's almost like the NFL has the lawyers. Maybe they're working for one law firm, and they're trying to keep the billable hours down. The uh, Stephen Ross uh, response is almost identical to the John Elway response, false and defamatory claims by Brian Flores to say that somehow Elway was not 100% and was maybe a little incapacitated from uh, maybe drinking too much the night before. And as we heard from Ross Tucker, I thought that was one when you and I first started unpacking all the Brian Flores stuff. I said, that one, I don't know if that one's going to gain traction because that's so subjective. How can you prove a guy was buzzed when he interviewed you? I know a guy, uh, I know when a guy's buzzed, Mike, and when he's not. (laughs) Why are you looking at me? But, but, you're right. I can't say he was buzzed and then say, how do you know? Well, the way he looked. Here's the thing, and and this is what I said to Mike yesterday because we were talking about this off the air. I think for Brian Flores, I'm trying to compare complete a picture for you as to how these interviews have been conducted. I'm not telling you they've all been the same. What I'm saying is the fraudulent attempt to feel like a real candidate is not just in one place. It's been many different places, and it's looked different ways. And so I'm going to tell you these stories, okay? And I said to Mike, so I'm trying to encompass all of that. But Mike has a point. If you're going to tell me what's the most important thing of everything that he's trying to say, I personally believe that he that the Giants thing is the biggest thing. Yeah, and again, the and the, the explosive nature of the Miami thing. But again, if it could all be if there's someone who can corroborate it, and look, the point I get why he mentioned John Elway and the Broncos because the Rooney Rule is just window dressing. The but the, the point he was making is this interview was perfunctory, right? Mm. It was just simply there was there was nothing serious about him having a shot. They probably already had Fangio in mind, and they were just doing it. But again. You could argue the Broncos get if it was perfunctory. Why would we fly all the way to Providence Road, frickin' Island, to talk to a guy for three and a half hours? So that because was because you had to. But still, yeah, I get you. But still, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah. if you're going to check the boxes, mm-hmm. 
And it's well, part you can, of the process. You can fly, you can fly Eric Bieniemy out to you. I'm just saying, if you're going to find an obligatory black coach to interview, you could have saved yourself some legwork and some sky miles. But that, but to say why would you? I think yeah. that's why because these teams have been obligated. No, it's, but that's to but, say it. But that therein lies, you know, some people saying, how do you prove his intent? What was John? Was John Elway really coming off a bender when he spoke to Brian Flores for three and a half hours? I don't know. Uh, we're going to see. But you're right. The language in both of those statements are similar. Maybe they got the same attorneys, Mike. Maybe the same guy <laughs> said, I'll, I'll put your statement out and hey, I'll put yours And by out. the way, just for fun, I, I clipped and pasted the photo, uh, the mugshot of Nick Nolte to see what John Elway looked like, according <laughs> to uh, Brian Flores. Well, I, read, I read the Elway uh, statement. Right. And, and listen, it's thorough. And, and he's defending himself and his character. But at the end, I just couldn't get over the fact, you know, when he was like, I interviewed Brian in good faith, giving him the same consideration and opportunity as every candidate for our head coaching position in 2019. Now, get me another scotch. He didn't say that, but that's what I kept hearing in my head with John Elway as he completed this statement. Well, no, it's kind of like, you know, the Patton Oswalt bit when he does Nick Nolte auditioning for Star Wars. Oh, hell, what's, uh, you run a defense, is that right? What do you do over there with the Patriots? I'll give you, hey, we got any doers in the minibar? <laughs> What the hell's going on? Either way, Elway's upset. But again, now you know. Here's the thing: if Brian Flores is mistaken, that's Elway's. You know, rep is on the line. He's no longer an executive with the Broncos, but obviously, it's it's, it's pretty embarrassing. So, look, if Elway thinks uh, he he's getting screwed over, or this is meant for misinformation, well, you can just sue yourself. Throw a lawyer up. Uh, tell me if I'm reading this correctly, Chris. Hugh Jackson is now saying he was not offered 100k to lose games. What did he just say two days ago? This was the one part of this when the story broke. And, again, be delicate here because I'm talking about an African-American coach. Hugh Jackson says a lot of things. I know he was on our morning show recently, and, and he's a guy who's obviously gotten to the level of head coach, but he throws a lot of stuff out there, Carl, over his career. Okay, so he said he was offered 50K, not 100. Is that right? Is that what the, the difference is here, the correction? Oh, so he's still being bribed. Okay, <laughs> yes. And that's what that's what I'm getting yeah. to. I, I just want to make sure he wasn't backing off of it. Here's, oh, it was two games. It's $100,000. It's $100,000. Here's Hugh Jackson. I wasn't offered $100,000 for every game, but there was a substantial amount of money made within, you know, what happened in the situation every year at the end of it. Okay. I'm just trying to I – mean, I want to make sure that, that I'm understanding because – It's a bit of back – He's now the coach of Grambling. Uh, but, again, he came out. He's been outspoken because he's gone through the process. Right. And, again, I, I can't sit here and judge what he has, has gone through because mm. I don't know. I got well. to take his word for it. But when you back off the fact of what you said just a few days ago, oh, yeah, I was offered hundreds of thousands of dollars to lose games, and then all of a sudden he says I wasn't offered 100000 to lose games. I just want to know where you're at. Right. Where you're at. I mean, you know, because the joke would obviously be if you were offered 100000 the man would be a billionaire after coaching those Browns. Yeah. Uh, I, I, they were bad. I think they won, what, three games in his tenure there? Three? Yeah. I think three games. Thank you, Chris. But, no, I just, you know, it's – you don't want – and, again, if it happened, okay, you hopefully have someone who can corroborate. Otherwise, you're, you're diluting what's happening for Brian Flores. Yeah. And, you're, and, you're, and, you're, and you're, the message is getting off point because you're throwing your hat in the ring and you may, may or may not have happened. Real quick before we go, uh, can we play the Washington Commanders fight song for Bo? Because I know uh, Bo is excited about this Washington Commanders song. Let's go! We are Commanders. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the Washington Commanders football team. We've got a new slogan. Yeah, we took it off of Farmers, but the fact of the matter is, we are Commanders.
You know what? If I was uh, Farmer's Insurance, and I, I hate Daniel Snyder like the most of us, I'd be slapping a cease and desist on that one faster than I can spend. I mean, from hail to the Redskins, fight for victory to ripping off an insurance commercial. There you go. Oh the great God. legacy of the commanders is already underway. That was freaking terrible. Daniel Snyder, what a weasel. Guy shouldn't even be able to own a football team. The commanders. Because all the good names you were too cheap to buy out. Somebody already stole the licensing to. Oh. All right, we're coming back. Greg Garza is going to join us. It is Dukes and Bell. Uh, we were telling the story for those who were not here at the start of Atlanta United. What a, a big piece and factor this guy was and how he left his mark. And we were sad to see him go with the expansion draft. He ends up in, in Cincinnati. He has since retired. And Greg Garza joining us on the WadeFord.com hotline. And Garza, it's good to have you back, man, on the show. And, and I'm glad you and the family are doing well. well. What are you doing with your free time now, man? What's been happening with you? Thank you, guys. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, so uh, ex-captain and I, Michael Parkhurst, we actually started a mentorship program about uh, five months ago. And uh, that's, our next, that's our next project, a mentorship program for kids who aspire to be uh, hopefully one day pros and just help them guide them through life with the uh with the correct and right tools and components to create their own success cool idea beyond goals mentoring as we said you and parky put it together and uh, again first jersey you ever had carl number four great cars <laughs> baby i love and for those yeah, who don't remember like Greg, for guys who don't know and remember, for a younger audience or guys who moved to Atlanta, Greg was the Energizer Bunny and just a huge part of the success the first two years here in United, man. Just love love the effort, man. So, And that's what you're selling, right? I mean, there's so many great kids. We just saw George Bello on his way to the Bundesliga. I mean, local kids here in Atlanta can go all the way. Of course, yeah. Well, for, for us, it was more so just looking back in time and realizing, you know, uh, the mental aspect of these kids understanding the responsibilities and accountabilities that are needed. Uh, to create their own success is, is such a huge fundamental and it's, it's a vital key component to create your own success, right? So, um, you know, the God-given talent is definitely one thing, but having a good head on your shoulders as well, um, you know, takes you, takes you to that next step and that next level. So have you always wanted to, to teach and mentor? I mean, has that always been something in the back of your mind that you wanted to do? And if so, who are the guys who kind of showed you the way? How, how did this come about for you? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I think throughout my whole entire career, I think even Parky was being such a great captain, one of the best captains I ever had throughout my whole entire career. But, um, you know, throughout my whole entire career, I was always the ambassador, whether it was with the Unified team or always spoke to troubled children at high schools and middle schools. And I think just creating that pathway for these, you know, these kids within that next generation and making the right decisions and not making the wrong ones was always something that stuck out to me. Um, you know, I was I was able to have such a good and great structure, family structure from coaches and mentors and, you know, teachers that really just guided me throughout uh, every phase of my career. You know, um, my, my trajectory was much different than most. Uh, I left home at the age of 12 and moved to Brazil, uh, and I never went back home since, and that's where my soccer journey started, right? So everybody's is different. Uh, my, my first mentor that, that had that or, or gave me that opportunity was a Brazilian guy named Teodoro Santana. Um, very well known in Brazil and you know he kind of guided me and was able to see my success in becoming that professional soccer player so I owe everything to him uh, but also everybody else that, 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 that was along that way but you know not a, not every kid has that uh, you know that right structure that that um, you know people to guide them the right ways and understand the do's and don'ts the right the rights and wrongs so that's where we step in and we are able to uh, 
you know, provide that information along with a lot of cool and personal experiences and stories uh, to where these kids can relate to. It is Greg Garza with his guys on the WadeFord.com hotline, MLS champion with Atlanta United, played time spent in the Mexican League and uh, League MX, and uh, again, was a big part of our success here. Greg, do you, I mean, I guess there's multiple paths for guys. I mean, if you can get in with some of the academies, I mentioned Bello, and we've seen guys come up all around MLS, and then there's also the component of going to college, and I guess there's really no wrong answer, right, on how you can advance your career in soccer if your kid's got the skills. Of course, yeah, yeah. We actually uh, we actually mentor a lot of kids from the AU Academy and all over all over the states. Actually, um, you know, I think for us, if we can create all these different testimonials to where these kids are able to use athletics to create a college education or you know that pathway to to get an education in college and you know use still use these tools uh, and these life skills, right? That's 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 essentially what what we're creating as well. But you know, if that door of opportunity is ever open to where you know we can't have a testimonial one day, this kid having that opportunity of becoming pro. I mean, you know, I think Georgie, George, George Bella is a great example of that. You know, a kid that, uh, you know, has come up through the system, you know, has had all those right mentors, all those right guidance, um, you know, to lead to lead that path for him. And now he's uh, he's on to that next level. Right. And that, that, that's all due to, to the professionalism that he had. I mean, all those people that were along that pathway to create that success for him. It's Greg Garza, guys, along with our buddy Parky, Michael Parkhurst, uh, their company, again, Beyond Goals Mentoring. And it is at Beyond goalsmentoring.com. That's where you can find more information. How much soccer are you actually watching now? Are you surprised at how much you watch or how little you watch now that it's not something you do every day? I'm curious. Uh, I probably watch more now than I did uh, back in the day, honestly. Mm. Um, You know, I think we we go through a very strict regimen whenever you're playing. You're kind of just simply focused on uh, producing every, every day, you know, that you wake up. And now, uh, finally take the time. I don't have to live under that distress or that, uh, that despair anymore, that anxiety. Now it's just more so, uh, mm. you know, cherishing the game as much as possible. And now watching this next generation of kids, uh, you know, have a lot of success on the field. It was awesome to see the, mm. the U S men's national team, uh, yesterday come out on top and, um, you know, just, just all these kids that are so young, uh, you know, that, that you saw at a very young age and now they're, they're, they're creating their own success, which is so cool to see. Yeah, speaking of the U.S. men's national team, uh, I mean, to beat Mexico in three big matches last year. By the way, how's the boss? How's Tata? Is he going to be able to ride this out down there in Mexico? They had a draw yesterday. Do you know how tough it is to be the coach of El Tri? Uh, I would assume he's on every single newspaper there is in Mexico today and on every single news station, uh, radio station, and also TV station, uh, saying that he's not fit for the job. But knowing him, I know he's a very calm and steady person, and he has the experience to deal with a lot of that pressure. And um, I still keep in touch with a lot of the, the staff members and um, the guys that are that are on his team. So it's uh, trying to give them as many tips as I can about uh, some good Mexican food and may, maybe uh, ways to forget <laughs> that uh, that press. <laughs> hey, I'm curious, Garza. Uh, when you went to Cincinnati, you know, being here at Atlanta United, we we we've been over to the training grounds, the facilities, the and all that stuff. How does this compare to all the places you've seen around the country with MLS growing and, and all of that? I'm just curious because we talk about this in college football and, you know, competitive advantage and all of that stuff. Is it that way in MLS? Are, are there some facilities that just suck or, or not as good or uh, from what you've seen and what we have here comparative uh, to, to Atlanta United? Atlanta United is by far the biggest role model. Uh, to follow for all these clubs that are coming up within the MLS and even these these existing clubs that have been in the league for you know 25 years or since its existence, um, you know I think so many clubs. I think you know even when I got to Cincinnati, they had told me they had visited Atlanta and I had tra- training facility like 
three or four times just to just to understand the model of of, of what Atlanta United has done, um, and and not only within the, the the first team, but it goes down all the way to the Atlanta United Juniors, the the, the U12 team. Um, these these kids have such a great experience, and they, you know they they really adopted that European mentality to where you know we're we're producing uh, you know tons of young talent, but but in the in the, in the rightest of ways, right? And by the way, what do you think of uh, Gonzalo Pineda? I guess at some point your, your uh, paths crossed. You may be played against him back in the day. Obviously, this year, turning over the roster, it's going to be a little different-looking team. We lose Barco and Bello. I actually uh, I have Gonzalo Pineda's jersey. I'll send you guys a picture. Wow, I traded jerseys cool. with him when he played with Querétaro in 2013. So, uh, yeah, small small world, man. His, uh, my, my first son... Uh, Godfather is one of his best friends, so it's 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 pretty crazy, man. How how small the soccer world can truly be, but you know, I uh, I think for me the, the the beginning of the beginning of last year was truly hard to watch, to be honest. Um, you know, the the very first run of of Atlanta United throughout the season, I think then Rob did a great job when he stepped in um, as interim, and then when Gonzalo got here, and I think the arrival of Luis Araujo. I think that was the missing piece for that last part of the season. Once right. he got there, I think the, just the doors took a lot of pressure off even Barco's shoulders, uh, you know, within the last season. And now you kind of lose him a vital piece of what last year was. But, you know, I think uh, I think maybe they might bring in somebody else who knows to, to really uh, kind of, you know, uh, find that missing puzzle piece again. All right, Greg, before we let you go again, it's called Beyond Goals Mentoring. And, guys, we want you to check it out. It's, I think, one of the coolest things, and it's from two really cool guys who know what they're talking about, and Michael Parkhurst and Greg Garza. Give out the website one more time so people can get in contact with you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. BeyondGoalsMentoring.com. Thank you, Garza. We appreciate you, bro. Thank you, guys. Take care. Take right. care. Bye-bye. Cool. So good that he's still here in town, man. He's, he's a great guy. Again, for guys that are new to Atlanta United or you moved to Atlanta, I mean, I've talked, I'm telling Chris earlier, Garza was like literally, I mean, the pit bull, Carl. I mean, he was a guy who'd come in 100 miles an hour. He'd have to deal with injuries. It was always tough and, again, helped us win that for our first. So hopefully another MLS title coming this year. I think all of these guys, too, the cool thing is you, you heard him talk there about keeping up with the team last year. That that first couple of years and how exciting it was, uh, and hopefully we get back to that, man. Again, to Mike's point, I know the fandom is still there, but the winning hasn't been as it, as it once was. But um, Garza keeps up with it. Parky's still here. He keeps up with it. All these guys that, that were a part of that run uh, you know, that, that are not playing now are still keeping up with it. And I think that's kind of cool, Mike. It tells you the mark. That, right. that they made on the city, on the team, and then, you know, how they feel about Atlanta United. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sometimes we want to bring you information you can use. That is something from one of our guys that we really like, and we wanted to make sure you guys got on that. Coming up, yeah, man, no man's on the way. Um, I'm seeing uh, this, and, and I, I want to just read it to you, Mike, real quick, because our manager, and we're talking about, of course, Brian Snicker, mm. was asked about re-signing Freddie Freeman. Right. And his response was, do I want to have Freddie back? Absolutely. Why wouldn't I? But it may not happen. It's the way the business is. What? But I'm not freaking out about it right now. Yeah. Um, And you know, Snit, maybe to a fault. I don't know. He keeps it real. I mean, real. Real. 100% real, man. There's no – and again, we've learned over the years in press conferences and talking with the media – if something's in his head, it's going to come out. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I do appreciate him saying mm. this. But I'm not my- trying to get two plus two and get five out of this, but I just think it's not a slam dunk that Freddie's coming. I've been saying that to you since uh, the summer. Well, and, and that's the thing. We have been saying we might have life without Freddie. No one wants to talk about it. No one wants <clears> to admit <throat> it. Thank you, Snit. No one <laughs> wants to go there. 
But once we come out of this lockout, I've been saying it's the number one thing the Braves have to have accomplished. But there's a chance it may not happen. And to hear the manager say, of course, you know, that'd be an idiot not to. You know, I'm paraphrasing. Absolutely, mm. he says. Why wouldn't I? But it might not happen. So I just want to put that out there because that's not Mike and I. That's the manager. That's our World Series manager mm. saying it. All right, it's Dukes and Bell. we got plenty more to get to. <laughs> I don't know what color the sky is right now in my world. No, in all seriousness, I mean, there was, and again, we talked about the is it Olsen, the first baseman from the A's. That's one of the plan B's, which a lot of baseball writers have been talking about. This is before, obviously, the shutdown. And I was telling Carl, we'll talk more about it coming up later. If you're expecting to see pitchers and catchers report and the gates be unlocked, that's not going to happen. I don't think we're going to get baseball for a long time. I don't either. Uh, I want to give you guys a heads up because we had a winner right here in Atlanta. His name's Patrick, and he won $2,000 this last weekend. You know what he was doing? He was playing the game that I've been telling you about, giving props. It's a part of the big game that's going to happen, guys. But for the playoffs, and, and here's an example. For the big game, Matthew Stafford over under two and a half passing touchdowns. What do you think? Cam Akers mm-hmm. over under 63 and a half yards in the big game. These are the kind of things that you can go and check out. And whether you want to do it or not, understand, it's free. And Patrick went and, and Where? looked at all How do this I stuff do this? and went in and won $2,000. Here's what you do. Text PROPS, P-R-O-P-S, to 20357 to sign up. You'll have a chance to win $2,000. Ten new props have been posted around the big game. Go check them out. The most correct picks wins two grand. And as long as you sign up at least 15 minutes before kickoff, you will have an equal chance to take home $10,000, the grand prize. Text PROPS, P-R-O-P-S, to 20357 right now. Make your picks. Yeah, man, no man's next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Coming up, more of a guy being ticked off because it is not what you think it is. Wait until you hear that coming up at 4 o'clock. It's Dukes and Bell. Big shout-out to Greg Garza for stopping by. Next hour as well, you'll hear from O2, O squared. That is Okongwu, Hawks, Suns tonight, and we're going to get back into that conversation. Right now, let's get to Yeah Man, No Man. It's time for Yeah Man, No Man. Kind of makes me wonder why the hell so many people are trying to tell me to slow down. Seems like we should be shutting the hell up and enjoying the show. He's six foot one. Not really. From Florida. Kennesaw State. And gives rapid fire questions. <laughs> it's the executive producer of the Dukes and Bell Show, Bo Morgan. All right, Bo, what's happening today, my man? Welcome back. 
Is it possible for a guy who's playing as well as uh, a Kongwu is playing to get the Dukes and Bell bump after being on with us? It happens. It's a real thing, people. It exists. It does. That means, yeah. And that means he'll have a monster game tonight. Four blocks, double-digit boards. He'll be in double digits. We will win. Hey, every jam, every block, we do a shot tonight. How's that? <laughs> Who's with me? Who's with me? And instead of saying shot, we say, oh, 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 oh. Yes, the bounce is real, Bo. Go ahead. I'm going to take personal credit for this one because I got, I, I reached out. I was, I was on top of it, and I was like, hey, well, if that helps us beat the Suns, and you know what? Maybe I can get a statue outside of uh, State Farm like some people who've you know, got them. I don't know if they're going to do I, that. I mean, have you ever been referred to as a human highlight reel? I don't <laughs> no, but I've won as many titles. Oh, great. Great. You know what? You know what? Why don't you, you know, now we're never going to get Neek back on the show. Thanks no, a lot. That's done. Never again. Well, I mean. You know, it sounds like that's a shot fired by a squid billy there, Neek. And you know what Neek's saying? Who is this guy? <laughs> that's a heat check, bro. Well, he knows me. He's, um, you know, not returned I my calls before. Tell you what, we got to move this ball from side to side. <laughs> Tonight on Valley Sports. Uh, Bursting right. with pride. Before I get myself canceled on Atlanta Radio. <laughs> yes, let's keep it moving. And by the way, Neek, we love you, man. Look, we don't like. I mean, I mean, we, we love Bob too. Yes, Bob. Well, Bob knows I love him. I don't know what, come I don't on about that you. show. That son of a Mike I, Bell, that no talent hack. I don't know. About doesn't you. even sound like me. Just damn, damn dandy to be on the broadcast tonight against the Sun. I've seen live and in person how much he enjoys Mike. Uh, not a lot. All right, moving right along. Bob's Can we? Cool with me. I know. I mean, you, you get to pass. He just looks at me with that dirty look. You get the dirty look from Bob. Yeah, I, you know, we, we've done. Joe uh, Simpson hates me. We, hates we did me. draft shows and all kind of stuff together. It's all good. Anyways, where were we? We had the best team yes. in America. Yes. Where's Steve Holman? Yes, that's right. Bang. Okay. All right. Well, we were we've been talking about head coaching hires, and you know, and and, and it got me to thinking with Kevin O'Connell taking or uh, reportedly going to take the Minnesota job that Jim Harbaugh thought he had. Mm. And Sean McVay's coaching tree is already kind of growing because yeah. he gets credit for Matt LaFleur because he's the one that brought him in to make him a coordinator. He gets credit for Zach Taylor. He also gets credit for Brandon Staley, another coordinator who's now in uh, in L.A. as well with the Chargers as the head coach. And I don't really care about giving him credit for Jed Fish because I don't really, I don't really care. But it started me thinking, do you guys think that when it's all said and done, Sean McVay could have a greater coaching tree in the end than the great yeah. greatest coaching tree of them all, which was Bill Walsh. Well, I mean, only time will tell, but he's got a, again, young start. I mean, Shula's coaching tree was kind of a mixed bag, too, at best, when you go back and look at it. There's some guys that didn't, some guys really didn't have any success. So, yeah, I mean, it, look, he's, a, he's in a position where if he, say, if he stays in the NFL, he's producing more and more assistance, then obviously, yeah, he, he could. Because yeah. you can't argue with Zach Taylor. That's why the Vikings went and signed and got O'Connell. Well, here's the thing, um, and I don't know if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay. Obviously, it's a different world, but but you've won that division three years in a row. You've been to the, the NFC Championship and on the cusp of getting back to a Super Bowl. If LaFleur wins one, Zach Taylor, let's just say they win against the Rams. Um, and you've already got McVay, who's been to a couple of Super Bowls now. Or if McVay wins, either way, Stanley's uh, Brandon Staley's going to probably go if he stops playing like a video game right. and, and you know have a chance to go to Super Bowl with Herbert as his quarterback. Bo, it's an interesting question. I would tell you three guys don't make the ultimate tree, but with the age of McVay and how many more guys that may come from that, 
I, I do think there's a real possibility. I mean, guys, this is fairly quick that all this has happened. Right. So let's just say 10 years, all right, because McVay's not going anywhere. He's already been proven that he's going to be around. He's 36. Uh, you talk about 10 years from now, how many more coaches come from this McVay thing? And I got to tell you guys something. Raheem Morris is the defensive coordinator there. Raheem Morris is going to get a job, right. okay? Right. So, well, now, actually, well, maybe not. <laughs> okay, that's not right. <laughs> you need to quit. So, Raheem Morris is going to get a job. When that happens, right. he will also be connected to McVay because remember, he's here with us. He leaves. McVay makes him the coordinator. There's a connection. It's not that he's a McVay guy, but they all go back. Mm-hmm. McVay and all these guys. Tampa Bay, there's a connection there. So, but I'm going to tell you, yes, there's a really good chance that could happen. And yeah, l- listen to the George Walsh thing. So, Walsh is immediately it was Sam White, George Seifert, Dennis Green, Holmgren, Holmgren and, and uh, Ray Rhodes. But mm-hmm. then they branched out because Dennis Green gave you Brian Billick who, and Mike Tice, who gave you Mike Smith, who was pretty good. Holmgren gave you Mariucci and John Gruden. Who turned and 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 then you got Mike Tomlin out of that, right. and then Andy Reid came out of um, so Holmgren of, as well. Got a bunch of Super Bowl winners right yeah. there. Yeah. So I mean, Ron Rivera technically came out of that tree, and so did John Harbaugh from the Andy Reid tree. So it's just the web that the the Bill Walsh one was able to create is just amazing. Yeah, it really is. And you know, as we talk about all that's going on with the coaching stuff in the NFL. Walsh guys, going back to the late 80s, was the guy who came up with the minority coaching council basically to say, hey, how how do we elevate these guys? And then you start talking about Denny Green and all those guys that were with the 49ers. That came from Bill Walsh. Walsh, He he had the four vision, Mike, the four vision to to look at this. And Bill Walsh came from Paul Brown and Sid Gilman. It just goes on and on, right? It's the whole history of the NFL. All right. We're going to talk about one of uh, you know a guy that I've got a checkered pass with. Am I liking him? But I'm starting to like him more in Bryson DeChambeau. Uh-oh. You know, what? Well, guys, there is this um, Saudi-backed Super Golf League that is out there that has been offering all the players big money contracts. Like, I think they offered Ian Poulter and Henrik Stenson around $30 million to play in their league. They've offered Bryson DeChambeau $135 million to play in this league. Like I said, $135 million just to play. Now, the kickback is the PGA is staunchly against this league, and they've basically said that you could be banned for a certain amount of time. You could be banned for life. They'll take your tour card away. But yeah, man, no man, should Bryson DeChambeau take this offer? Because again, it's 135 million, and if I'm not mistaken, he could still play in two of the four majors every year, right? He could play in the Masters. If I'm not mistaken, he doesn't need a tour card because it's an invite thing. Yeah, he qualifies. Yeah, and he could play in the Open because it's not a PGA; it's a European Tour thing. Okay, interesting. Do I do I want him to? No. Because I like what the PGA is, and, and I think Tiger had a really good point when he was saying this a couple of months back when we first saw Tiger at the podium. When asked about this and whether guys should do it, if you want to be the best or consider to be the best, you have to play where the best played. Right. You can't branch off into a new area and then say, hey, I won 80 majors and consider yourself the best when that's not where a majority of the best players played. Tiger, mm-hmm. in essence, was saying – you're chasing me, you're chasing Jack, 
there's something to be said about what we've accomplished here with the PGA. So personally, no, I don't want to see him do it. But, Mike, $130 million? It's a lot of loot. Hard to say no. But, I mean, again, nobody considers USFL or World Hockey League stats to be the gold standard, right? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it is going to be interesting because you could make the argument uh, he could he could make as much. But still, that's a pop, man. Yeah, interesting. I know that they've been trying. They've been trying to get this thing going for a while now, Carl. They have this alternative thing, so yep. we'll see where it flies. Yeah, I don't. I, I just think it's a bad time for the PGA to have this happening because, as we know, if it's not Phil or Tiger, nobody watches. They don't get the ratings. With all due respect to Bryson and Brett Brooks Kepka and all the other guys we talked about the other day, they're just not generating the revenue, or I should say, the TV numbers with the casual fan. Yeah, I uh, I would rather see these guys do that part time. Then, then just make the jump over there. But we're going to see. I mean, the, the money that's being offered is is ridiculous. I mean, one hundred and thirty five million dollars. You know, that's um, that's pretty life changing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what he's made on tour. I, I know it ain't that. But I, I, Mike, I, I would tell you that if you had an opportunity to go do that, and here's the other part of it. I know there are people in his ear, Bo. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio ninety two nine. The game. We're going to talk college football coming up. One coach really, really upset. It's yeah, man, no man, right now. But I will say that probably people are in his ear, Mike, going, you can always go back to the PGA. That's true. And that's Unless the PGA screws with That's him. right. That's right. So he's made around $23 million in his career. Okay. But it, as of 2021, his worth, though, was around $10 million. Okay. So he can triple that. Triple that. <laughs> Is that – that's more than tripling, isn't it? Well, worth versus what you've made, they're two different things. I mean, net worth and what you've made, that's not necessarily the same. It's a lot of money. It is. It is, man. No doubt. If anybody wants to pay me, uh, you know, one hundred thirty-five million, one hundred thirty-five thousand to go go play golf, I'm in. Chris, hit the music. Carl knows the drill. I know the drill with Carl. The fish calls you tomorrow. You're out of here. I mean, blesses the blood of the lamb with Carl Dukes. They double your salary. Praise God. <laughs> yes. Hey, Carl Dukes with everybody. Be fishers of men. Yes. No doubt. <laughs> Listen, when anybody doubles your salary, it's hard right. to say no. Hell yeah. I mean, seriously. Hey, man, I'll, I'll find out whoever the hot country charts people are. You put me on a country station with double the money. I'll wear the freaking cowboy hat. Let's rock and roll. Well, I got plenty at home, Mike. I'll fit right in. Yeehaw. Hop along, Bell, with we'll you. We'll be right back after these messages. It's the Home and Garden Show with Carl Dukes. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.